Hi guys, Harrison here. Um, you're about to tune into another Q&A session. Uh, one, one of the things that we do keep forgetting to do is actually uh, tell you how to send in your questions. So God bless all of you that are actually managing to get through. So I just wanted to kind of start up the show with uh, how to get in touch. So on Facebook, we are Startup Diary. Uh, you can email us at hello at experttrades.com. That's two T's in the middle and one S at the end. And on Instagram, if Adam has remembered the login by now, you can DM us. That is our startup show. So with that, let's crack on with the Q&A. We are live. Part two. Okay. Lover. So we just recorded part one, which was all about the tipping point from, I suppose it, it's not really a tipping point, it's more like a pivot question, actually. So it was like, when did you move from focusing on that to that? Mm, just a transition. Yep. So the, the next part was... Something you made up during the conversation. Like yeah, it was, it, it, was, was actually, it was a great question from myself. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it was basically how you decide on pricing. Where, where those figures come from, how do you value the product? Yep. Uh, and I guess that's kind of an ever-growing and changing thing. But where do, what made us come in at the price we did and yeah. where we're at now? So pricing, it feels like it's, this could be a, a massive conversation rather than a, mm. kind of a five, ten-minute Q&A. But I'll try, and, I'll try and keep it short. And if we decide to elaborate it in the future, we can do in terms of like probably we'll do a show about what we've learned about pricing as we've changed stuff when we've got a bit more data. But from my experience, you can come into the market with two different pricing tactics. Okay, I'm not talking about all this penetration pricing and predatory pricing and all this business school economics stuff that you get taught. I'm talking about, so when you sit down as the owner, founder, whatever you're doing, and you say, okay, I've built this awesome product. How much should I charge for it? You kind of do one or two things. You either say, how much value is in this product? So you might say our quoting and invoicing app for trade professionals saves them on average 30 minutes a day. Okay. So then you work out how much you save them across a year, year in time. And then you assign a monetary value. So 30 minutes a day, what's that? Two and a half hours a week, 10 hours a month, 120 hours a year, which is what? Quick maths, five days. So we've saved them a week's worth of admin a year. So you can say, okay, how much is that week worth? Uh, let's say it's worth 500 quid. So the value in your actual product, you could say is 500 quid. So we're going to sell it for 250 so that it's like they're getting loads of value. We're saving them all this time and it's only half the price of what they're actually losing. So that's sort of like value-based pricing. Or you kind of go, if you're in a market that kind of already exists, so there are already services out there that do quoting, do invoicing, not specifically for our our sector mm, but similar. yeah it's kind of similar idea <laughs> exactly so there's kind of like this perceived anchor point value yeah. in the market already so if someone's already selling something for a tenner a month like you can't come in and sell it for 50 pounds a month unless it's got loads more value in it unless it's got an apple logo on it <laughs> unless it's got don't get me started <laughs> so uh if Apple did quoting and invoicing software, oh how much God. would it be? Um, You'd sell your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me be part of it. So you kind of look at what's in the market and then you say, okay, so if we want to fit into the market at a relatively competitive price point, still hold some value, where do we sit in the spectrum? So then what you do is you look at all your competitors, you look at how much they charge, and you basically just put your finger in the air and go, that's going to go 
ow, stubby finger, that was hard. That was a strong, that was a strong, strong boat. boat. Um, on the, yeah, so you just kind of put your finger in the air and you say, okay, we're going to sit here in the market. I really hate that way of doing it, and that's what we did. I just think it's such a stupid way of doing pricing, largely because is you if you're building something that's new and innovative and you're taking it to market, then surely you're adding more value than the rest of your competition. Like you wouldn't build a subpar product then go and try and sell it. So in theory, you should look at your competitors that are in a similar space and say, we're, more, we're worth more than them, that's why we're building this, mm. so we should charge more than them, um, or, we, or we offer more value. So on that, on that point is we did our pricing wrong. But the worst, in my opinion, but the worst thing you can do is not assign any price. Like, admittedly, we went from free to paid, but that's because this wasn't a paid-for product from day one. Like you do need to kind of put your stake in the ground and start off with a price point and never forget that it's much easier to come down than it is to go up. And there's certain things you need to remember about pricing. So if you charge someone £80 a year, then all of a sudden you've got a price increase. If you bought someone in in early days and they helped you develop it, then you should grandfather that price and keep them locked into that price for the lifetime of the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if someone goes in at 200 and then you have a price drop, you should lower that. So there's all these things to take consideration, but the key thing around what we did is we just kind of wedged ourselves into this mix of what we perceived as competition. And I don't like how we did it, but we are where we are and you know better than me. How many people call up and ask the price or how many people complain about the price? <clears throat> no one really complains, um, but people, everyone asks. Okay. Everything How much you charge my card? <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was kind of one of the things about when think, when the service was depicted as free. Yep. It's like it's not free, mate. What's the what's the what's the real price? What's the catch? Yep. So, and like with a lot of apps nowadays, they're all free to use. Yeah, like this freemium model. Yeah. Um, but yeah. In, in general, our pricing seems to go down well. Yep. Like I say, I've not had many um, complaints. The, the thing is, what we test a lot regarding pricing is like we offer uh, like offer codes and discounts. And we don't just do that just to throw a discount to try and get someone to convert. It's we want to see if they're price sensitive. So, for example, we see this thing in our, in our sort of numbers is the fact that when someone creates more than five documents or quotes or invoices, is they're going to convert to a paying customer. Mm. So we go, okay, we know you're using the service, so here's 20% off for the first year. And they go, okay, great. And they don't pay for it there. They just wait until they've hit the paywall of 10, and then they pay full price. Yeah. Like, they don't care about that extra bit of... They'd just rather just hit the paywall and pay the full price. And that's an indication to me that we're underpricing. Like, there needs to be this thing where people are pushing back a little bit on the price. If everyone says yes, you're too cheap. If everyone says no, you're too expensive, or it's a, or it's a shit product. <laughs> yeah, I th- there's. I, th- I feel like there's definitely a lot of different things going on. Some of the conversations that I've had, uh, and just kind of some of the figures that we see, is it's that level of investment yep. that people find in a product. Like, there's kind of dirtier ways to do it. I don't think we're dirty in the way we do it. It's quite clear on yep. our pricing structure and the free period that we offer. But some people, what some systems will allow you to get super invested in this free section and then it'll hit you with a paywall and you've invested so much time and effort yeah you have to pay it's not i want to pay and i want to continue to use it it's i've yeah. basically been just forced now they've got me over a barrel and that's that, that comes down to like a communication thing when people use our app 
we make it really clear in mm. the app. There's a big green bar that says click here to upgrade. Yeah. And when people see that, they know there is an upgrade feature. Let me see what that is. Um, like I said, we don't want to hold people over a barrel because we're a SaaS product. Like if you hold people over a barrel, then as soon as it comes to year two, by then yeah. they've had enough time to get their stuff and data out that they're going to move on. Um, but I, I generally feel like we're underpriced at the moment. And with some of the stuff that we're building, I think we're going to be massively underpriced. That doesn't mean we're going to put the price up yet. It just means that there is flexibility in what we do as a company. And it kind of it goes back to a, um, that question we had from Adam the other day as well. Kind of, it, I've noticed depending on the trade area yep. that some of these guys are in will also determine their kind of feelings toward the price. Some 100%. people do feel it is a bit dear. Well, that's because they're using less features that we currently offer. That's what I was going to say is think about the what I said is how you do the pricing to start with. It's how much time you're saving people. So for a uh, for a painter and decorator, they're not using the gas safety certificates. Yeah. So they're just using quotes, invoices, customers, and bookings and payments. And, and on that note is that person is getting less value mm-hmm. out of a heat engineer using it because a heat engineer might do five documents in a day. And if he's doing it digitally, we're saving him a shed ton of time. And he's like... This is a no-brainer. We're probably saving him more money on bloody buying the books to do yeah. this thing because uh, they've got like three sheets per book. Um, so we're saving them a lot of money. It's a no-brainer for those guys. And that's where it comes down to this, like it was niching versus um, breadth of market, which is we know for that painter and decorator that in the future we're going to have a wall-sized calculator. So we can say, I charge £5 per meter squared measure the wall it creates a quote and invoice for him automatically like we know we're going to build that um and it comes down to the fact that we're just focusing in one area at the moment doing that really well rather than doing 10 things at 10 percent doing one thing 100 percent, and then moving on but but even saying that though we have had conversions of people that are using the most basic exactly so it again it's (laughs) it's no it's there's no tried and tested formula that this guy won't convert because he doesn't use all features so there's and that's one of the things that that will be a great show in the future once we've got like a good substantial amount of data of what happens when people convert why they convert Mm. um i know you track that data so yeah the numbers are interesting at the moment yeah it's there's no clear there's no straight line there's it's it's, everyone seems like an outlier when you map it on a graph it's how well And like some people don't hit the paywall. Some people do it after like three days of use when they've yeah. only 30% into their free amount. It's like, oh, he gets it. I'm just going to upgrade now because I normally use the app. So, so there's, a lot, there's a lot of things going yeah. on. But. The one thing that I'd like to just comment on regarding pricing just to finish it up is it's something that you should always be testing. We don't do that at the moment because we're not set up in terms of having different landing pages and having different screens within the app and showing different pricing mechanisms. So for example, if you sell a a web-based service and you're driving people from uh, PPC ads or social media, uh, Facebook ads, you should send them to a pricing page that says this thing is £50 a month and you should send 5,000 people there. And then you should send another 5,000 people to somewhere that says it's £80 a month. Because then you're going to very quickly see is how many people click get my free trial. Seeing that price, how many people are still interested? And in theory, what will happen is as the price goes up, more people will drop off. And there'll be this weird tipping point, this bell curve of like the optimal price mm-hmm. at the top with it's high enough that the most people convert, but you're not leaving loads of value on the table. So if you if you have that kind of option, definitely A-B test. It's called A-B test your pricing. Get it in front of different people. And maybe if you kind of pre-launch and you haven't got your product yet, go and speak to people 
and then ask them how much they'd pay for it. And don't just ask, and we've mentioned this before, don't just yeah. ask, say, cool, can I take a credit card? Because when it's built, I'm going to charge you automatically at that price. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see people recoil and go, whoa, 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 no, I wasn't too sure. Get five people at a price, and then you'll see. That's good. Cool, man. Why so quick?